Well, good afternoon, Nikki. Lovely to see you again. How are you? Really good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Really, really good. Well, welcome. I mean, this is this is strange, isn't it? This is our first podcast. Um, so thank you for joining me for Meet the Empowering Women Community um, podcast. Um, it seems a little strange. The first time you and I met um, with supporting us for our December event, um, and I mean, look where we are now. I mean, the event is just going from strength to strength, isn't it? So, you know, thank you so much for all your support. Um, but when we met, I made a commitment to you that I wanted to help you raise more funds for Prevent Breast Cancer. And when we are at our events, we talk to the panellists, you and I interview other people, but I don't think we've ever actually interviewed each other or had a conversation publicly with each other. We've spoken lots outside of the public eye. So, I wanted to give you the opportunity, really, for the community to meet Nikki, the CEO of Prevent Breast Cancer. So um, I'm delighted that you've joined us today, um, Nikki. So, so thank you. I really, really appreciate it. I'm really happy to be part of what you've created. It's absolutely amazing, Louise. And it's just going from strength to strength. It certainly is a bit scary. But yeah, no, I'm really, really <laughs> proud. So, well, well, look, let's let's start by, I often ask my panellists, first of all, you know, to sort of share some careers, highs and lows. So let, let's start there. And, and why don't you share some of your own, you know, career highs? You know, you are now the CEO of Prevent Breast Cancer. So, you know, share some of your highs with us. Oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, I think professionally, uh, when we changed our name was probably one of the first big career highs. So the charity used to be called the Genesis Appeal. Um, and people just didn't know what we did, who we were. So it got to the point in my career where I thought now's the time to really discuss with the board, with all the stakeholders. You can imagine supporters and volunteers who'd been with the charity from the very, very beginning. And I had to take them on the journey with me, but it was the best thing we ever did. So mm. from a strategic decision point of view, for me, that was a real highlight. Um, other highlights being Charity of the Year for Ride London to really show that we were a national charity and experiencing that week in the run up. You know, we were interviewed by the BBC. We were working there. We were we had hundreds of people to get to London to take part um, having leading the team through that was really quite incredible. Um, no, you've had an amazing career, Nikki, I have to say. And we went out for dinner a few weeks ago and you were telling me about your journey, you know. So, again, very quickly, you know, you've not always been the CEO of Prevent Breast Cancer. So, look, very quickly, just give us a whistle-stop tour of your career. It's pretty unusual. So I joined the charity for six months as a graduate and I, I wasn't staying. I wasn't staying in Manchester. And, um, you know, 17, 18 years later, I'm the CEO. And, you know, I know every every area of the business. I've worked at every level. I can say I have never been bored. I feel really honoured to be at this charity. It's got a real heart. And um, that was really put in place at the very beginning. And it's something that I've grown up as my career's grown with and I instill in my team. Um, so um, I, I, I just feel really lucky. I mean, amazing work with amazing scientists, uh, work with incredible supporters, um, you know, and I'm making a difference, but there's so much more to do. 
Absolutely. And you've had an amazing career for today. And I absolutely know it doesn't stop here, Nikki. You, you know, the sky is the limit for you and for the charity, especially with you at the helm. But on reflection, has there been anything where, you know, there has been moments where maybe you look back and think, could have done that differently or, you know, any challenges that maybe you want to share with the community? For sure. Um, I think growing up within the business has meant that it's taken me a while to grow in confidence and how I think that manifested itself was uh, uh, being scared to fail. So, um, you know, not wanting to do anything wrong. And I report to a board and, you know, I was for many years much younger than the people I was reporting to. And um, it, it did take me a while. And I think I'm a big believer in turning challenges into positives. And although the pandemic was incredibly tough, it was the making of me as a leader because, mm. um you couldn't be scared of failure. We had to try things. We had to adjust. We had to be flexible. And if that didn't work out, then how else could we raise money? How could we just um, pivot and, and move forward? So um, it, it, it was a challenge like everyone in every business, but I think it really made me understand who I am as a leader and who I am as a person and what's important to me. No, absolutely. And, and I'm interested to know that, you know, again, in the community, we talk about that we're happy to share our vulnerability and, you, and you've shared some of your personal stories with us. But you live with vulnerability on a day to day basis. You know, you, the, the stories that you hear with Prevent Breast Cancer, are some of them are horrific and heartwarming. You know, you know, why would everyone not just give you a million pound today? Because obviously, you know, some of the things that do, how do you cope with that on a day to day basis? You know, you're a female leader, you've got you know you're leader of a team you know I've met some of your team they're wonderful you know but you deal with that vulnerability um, every day how, how do you do that it's hard and it becomes um the norm so it's sometimes just taking that moment to take that step back and I'm not always very good at that um just to give yourself to process time to process um you know you, you asked me about career highlights and this was 2012 but you know I just want to set the scene um we had an incredible patron uh called Maura Axilla who um was an actress and she passed away from from breast cancer before um, she was really poorly um, she brought together a lot of her friends from the West End who performed in Les Miserables and they performed one day more at one of our events and you oh. had in that room you know women who were going through breast cancer people who'd lost loved ones and you know everyone was in bits but you know mm. for me you know showing that vulnerability um you know I've cried in front of my team because you've got to show the fact that we're human mm. and you know I'm a big believer in practicing what you preach so um just another example where we're based we run a coffee bar it's in a hospital where the breast screening happens so you've got patients and their families coming in every day to find out whether they have breast cancer or not or to have a follow-up appointment and our volunteers run that coffee bar and if they can't come in or during the pandemic we run it and it's really important you know that just you're there serving people cups of tea and coffee, you know, forget that report you have to do, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. just doing that one act of kindness really mm -hmm. just reconfirms why we do what we do. 
Yeah, oh, Les Miserables is one of my favourites. I've seen it I think three times now, and that just made me tingle a little bit there because, um, yeah. So, so ultimately, you're a CEO, and and yes, it's a charity, but it's a business, right? And you have KPIs and targets like the like we all do. So, let's use some time to talk about Prevest Brands Cancer then as a as a business. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about you know prevent breast cancer? So we are focused entirely, as the name suggests, on preventing the disease. So our um, ultimate goal is to raise funds, which we then spend on four key areas. And the main one has always been research projects. So that is funding research into four pillars. And that's gene research, early diagnosis and detection, preventative drugs, and risk reducing factors. So that kind of forms our research strategy. And, you know, um, we're really lucky that in Manchester, we do have some of the world leaders in breast cancer prevention research, but we do fund projects nationwide. The other area which Rowan Empowering Women's Network is raising funds for is the National Breast Imaging Academy, um, which will be a capital project, so capital build, and will solve a a workforce shortage and also benefit more women across the Northwest. And I can tell you a little bit more about that later. Mm. Um, And then we do other charitable activity like raise awareness of signs and symptoms of breast cancer and that's on and offline. We run campaigns. We're really um, focused on addressing health inequalities um, and really promoting the importance of breast screening. So they all kind of fit together like a jigsaw. And and we've talked about the fact that, you know, you do you're a charity ultimately so in order to build the academy you know you need funds why don't you give us an update in terms of where you are against your target then uh, to, to build the academy so the cost of the academy is 3.8 million it's just increased due to inflation um officially we've raised 2.2 million and that is a combination of prevent breast cancer Manchester Foundation Trust Charity and the NHS, um, but Prevent Breast Cancer, it's been our priority and we've raised a significant amount of that. So we're at 2.2. What I did tell you earlier this week was that um, we've had an offer from one of the trusts and foundations that had made a pledge already to increase their donation to a million pounds now that's still in negotiation um i'm waiting for that email to drop that they'll accept what i've offered for recognition but if that happens the shortfall will probably be about seven hundred thousand. as it stands um it's like 1.6 million at the moment but you can see we're at a pivotal point here Absolutely. So and if we said then, um, what can we as a community or, you know, businesses across the Northwest, if there was any plea right now, Nikki, you know, in terms of, you know, what can we, the community, what can we as, you know, local businesses across the Northwest, you know, do to help you close that gap? 
make a donation um it's as simple as that you know we're looking for people who can make personal donations or corporate donations or get their company involved by fundraising you know taking part in one of our existing challenges considering us for charity of the year we have a package of recognition so what we want to do is really recognize those funders within the new building and uh, through the charities networks as well um, but, you know, you could really make a difference um, to women across the Northwest and nationally with um, this workforce. Well, let, let's talk about the Academy then. You know, what will it do to help women across the UK? Because it's not just about Manchester. I think you talked the other day about you're going to create jobs, you know, in the Northwest and Manchester, you know, with the Academy. But it's also not just helping women in the Northwest and creating jobs here locally. It's going to help people across the whole of the UK. Absolutely. So um, there is a, a workforce shortage in breast imaging that predates the pandemic. Um, there is a huge number of the breast imaging workforce. So that is um, the people who take the screening, the mammograms, and then the doctors who read read the results. Um, I think something like 40, 39 to 49% of the workforce is due to retire in the next few years. So this academy model, the education has already been set up. You know, there's a lot of online and um, learning and training across centres, in centres across the country um, that has already made a massive difference. So the National Breast Imaging Academy, which is headquartered here in Manchester, has already placed people in 56 hospital trusts across the country. But to train people how to use a mammogram, a machine, you can't do all that online. And the pressure on all the existing services across the country is so immense that actually having this dedicated building so that people can be trained and see patients in a slower time will make a massive, massive difference. Um, so it will mean that 13,000 more women can be seen each year in the Northwest um, going through the building. But the impact of the academy is that um, it's training apprentices through to radiologists. So apprentices who will take the mammograms and that's not currently done in, in breast screening. It's really innovative um, and can make a huge, huge difference. Um, we're really lucky to have it here. There was... Um, an independent um, report commissioned by Health Education England and Health Education England are a key stakeholder. They gave 7.8 million for the training. So not for the capital, which is why the charity is involved, but for the, the training and the education. And they commissioned an independent survey, which said that um, this model will save the NHS 50 million pounds in the next 10 years. That's amazing. And, and you're talking about funds to raise to actually build the academy, but that's got to be a balance act, right, in terms of, you know, once the academy is built, you're then still going to continue being a charity, you know, so what, what else happens then after that point? So just generally as a charity this year, the priority is the academy, but we also have research projects we need to fund and our core costs. So it's really a balancing act of applying to trust and foundations and companies and supporters and ambassadors that get involved and making sure that not all our money, not all our income is restricted to one of these projects. So um 
the academy, you know, we need to raise the funds this year, but it's balancing that with all the other activity we do. And mm. also strengthening our research program. You know, the pandemic meant we couldn't fund any new research for two years. And um, we're, we're not alone. You know, many other research, medical research charities are in the same position. Now we've got that back on track, but if we can grow that, then we can get closer to our vision quicker. You talk about your vision then. So, you know, as a CEO, what is your vision then for Prevent Breast Cancer? My vision is to to double in size. I think we're on, we, you know, it's a roller coaster, but we're on this trajectory. The academy, you know, it, it's not been easy. Um, we always say, you know, raising money for research is more difficult than a capital project because at least with a capital project like the academy, it's tangible, whereas the research can take years and years to have an impact. So we're in this position where if we can strengthen and grow our research, um, but I need to raise more money to be able to do that, then actually mm-hmm. we can have a bigger impact quicker and ultimately it's about the future generation and protecting our future generations you talked about and get another priority um was about you know raising awareness of signs and symptoms and, and addressing that health inequality so tell me a little bit more about that area so um over fifty-five thousand nine hundred women are diagnosed with breast cancer in the uk each year but a big proportion of that aren't women going through the breast screening program. They're women who are symptomatic. So they might find a lump or another symptom, which means that they go to their doctor and their doctor will assess them and refer them to a breast clinic. Um, But not everyone knows what the signs and symptoms are, or if they do, they ignore them. Um, They're not aware of the different risk factors. You know, I've spoken to people who are estranged from family members and don't know that they have a family history of of disease. And, you know, so it's getting people to talk, um, to break down taboos that exist in different communities and really understand that before we can prevent this disease, the earlier it can be diagnosed, the far better the outcome. And we can ultimately save lives. And, you know, the pandemic has tightened these health inequalities, you know. Um, so a lot of the evidence shows that um, breast screening uptake is much lower in more deprived areas. And that's been heightened through the pandemic. So we as a charity have a responsibility to get out there and to, to help educate people and promote the importance of, of early diagnosis. I'm ad-libbing slightly because we haven't planned for this. But again, we're talking about women a lot today. And I know that's linked to the empowering women. But, you know, Nikki, you and I talk about the fact that breast cancer doesn't just affect women. So maybe you can just share a little bit more about, you know, uh, the research into male uh, breast cancer as well. Sure. Um, so male breast cancer is far less common, but um, men do get diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, usually, a lot of the time there is... Um, family history but that's not always the case so you know a big part of this is making men aware of what to look out for um and knowing the signs and symptoms and we have um we have infographics to show you know what that looks like how to check yourself um you know breast cancer doesn't discriminate um we we have information for everyone that's amazing. And you talked about um, earlier about ambassadors of Prevent Breast Cancer. So 
tell us a little bit more about what an ambassador is, what do they do for you, and, and you know, a little bit more about that. Our ambassadors are people who um, go above and beyond for the charity. So uh, many have had breast cancer or had preventive surgery and they like they'll talk about their experiences. So, for example, um, I was speaking um, at a company in London last week where we're the charity of the year and one of our London ambassadors joined me. So she shared her personal experience of having the disease and how work was really important to her. Um, they deliver talks for us, they fundraise, or they champion us within their businesses. So um, two of the speakers at, at the June event are ambassadors of the charity. And actually, I mentioned this to you before, Louise, would be absolutely delighted if, if you would consider becoming an ambassador for Prevent Breast Cancer, because that's what you're already doing. <laughs> Yeah, I want that. Absolutely delighted. I feel like I already am, Nikki. And yeah, obviously, the, you know, the work you do is amazing. I'm just, I'm privileged to be a part of it. And although I'm not affected, touch wood, by breast cancer personally, um, my mum was affected by breast cancer and a very dear friend of mine um, has unfortunately stage four um, breast cancer. So, you know, it, it is something that's very close to my heart, which is why I want to do anything I can to help. So, but yeah, no, absolutely delighted, Nikki. Nikki, it's been an absolute delight um, to spend some time with you today. Thank you um, for sharing your story with us as well. Um, if I was to, if we were to leave today with one final message for the audience, what would you want that message to be? I would ask you to really consider about supporting Prevent Breast Cancer. Um, we are a national charity, but we often say that we're, we're punching above our weight and to have support from companies and business leaders listening today, um, either choosing us as their charity of the year or making a donation or getting involved in the charity and, and thinking of us for the future, um, you can really make a huge difference. So please visit our website, contact me directly, come and see where we're based. We, we say we're at the front line because where we're based is where the breast screening is coordinated from for Greater Manchester. Every day we see patients and their families coming through our doors. Um, so you can see firsthand where your money will go. Nikki, thank you ever so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to spend some time with you today. Thank you for being the first person to do the Meet the Empowering Women community podcast. It's an absolute delight, as always, Nikki. So I'm delighted to support you and will continue to do so, as I'm sure the community will as well. So um, for the community, let's push this podcast out there. Let's see what we can do to help Nikki raise even more money um, to help you achieve your vision for Prevent Breast Cancer. <laughs>